Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. Hello, welcome everyone. Today, I am so excited for you to hear my chat, my intuitive chat, my interview with Melissa White. Melissa White is a professional psychic medium and teacher. I wanted Melissa White on because I know that there are so many schools of thought around this form of spirituality, this modality of mediumship. And I truly believe that everybody can connect with their loved ones who have passed. We've talked about it before, especially with my beloved cat, Bo. And the way that I have seen how Melissa White teaches and speaks about her own spiritual philosophies with such heart and grace and reverence, but also very grounded. That's why I really wanted to have her on, and I was so happy that she was able to come on Intuitive Seek and share her wisdom with you, her journey, her ideas, her experiences, and, like I said, her somewhat unique philosophies. Melissa's training includes years of extensive mentorship with the phenomenal British medium, Tony Stockwell. She's been a student at the prestigious Arthur Finlay College in England and has traveled to Ireland to teach about mediumship and developing the psychic faculties. Over the years, Melissa has read for thousands of clients in one-on-one settings, as well as in groups and larger demonstrations. She hosts group retreats, as well as workshops to assist others in tapping into the love of spirit. And in this episode, I do ask her what she feels is the difference between spirit and God and angels. So I think you will really appreciate her answer. She is the host of the Spirit Room podcast and continues to seek new and creative ways to express what's in her soul. She's on a mission to help others to create their own unique relationship with spirit and in doing so, bringing hope and healing to as many hearts as she possibly can. She believes that faith is seeing light with your heart, even when all the eyes can see is darkness. She is very grateful to be entrusted with so much by those in this world and the next. And I cannot wait for you to hear what she has to say. So please, without further ado, enjoy my intuitive chat with Melissa White. Thank you so much for being with us today. No, thank you. My pleasure. And it's quite a treat, actually, because um, doing my own, it's always me sort of like asking the questions. So this is kind of like a nice, it's a fun little treat. So I'm really excited. Thank you. Yes, put you in the chair for a minute, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> the other side of the microphone. Mm, that's it. Where are you calling in from today? Uh, so I live in Maple Ridge, which for some of your listeners, if they're, you know, not, not local to us, um, suburb of Vancouver. Beautiful. And what I always like to ask, 
which most of my listeners really love to kind of know, is the astrology of our guests. So do you know about kind of your big three, your sun, moon, and rising, or any other aspects that you really feel resonate with you? Yeah, I'm so curious about astrology. I love it. I find it absolutely fascinating. I wouldn't say I'm an expert at all, but I do know I do know my big three. So um, my sun sign is Gemini, and then my moon sign is Pisces, and my rising sign is Libra. I love that, but also the synchronicity of that because my rising sign is also Libra. That's so cool. And, you know, I find like my two dearest, closest friends are both Libra sons. And so I feel like there's some there's something there with the Libra connection. And then um, the Pisces moon, I always find is interesting. My daughter's a Pisces son. And so I find that that's a real strong connection, like her son sign and my moon sign are the same. Um, and then with the Gemini sun, I feel like I'm the most Gemini that ever Gemini because I am all I do is talk literally like that's what I do all day every day just talk 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 uh love to learn can't stop learning can't stop teaching um and also the Libra and the Gemini thing those two air signs being really strong um sometimes hard to make up my mind like I can see all sides of most things uh, and so it's, in some ways, that's a great thing because it's an open mind, but it's also sometimes maddening because I have a hard time sometimes taking a hard stance on anything because I can kind of always see the all of the possibilities and from everyone's point of view. So, yes. Oh, I really and like you. I'm not an astrologer, but I really am interested in it as a beautiful tool for us to kind of develop ourselves and find out more about all aspects of ourselves. And hearing about your Gemini sun and your Pisces moon, I mean, that makes so much sense to me about how you are serving the world with the messenger of the Gemini and then the Pisces being like the intuitive sign of all it just, I just love how that lines up so beautifully. And that kind of brings me to something I'm very curious about if you want to share. Because you're born with these aspects, astrological aspects, when you were a child growing up, were you now looking back? Were you also kind of similarly of how you just described a little bit more, not indecisive, but that you can see all sides and all options that it could be a little bit, sounds like confusing. Did that kind of show up quite early? Yeah. I think the thing that showed up early was, um, you know, how some kids play with like Barbies or like dolls. I would just play like therapist. Like I would pretend that I was a therapist like a psychiatrist even and I would set up like my little office and I would just pretend that I was counseling people like that was my play pretend so I think it was just like the the thinker the deep thinker but then also the deeply feeling part of me that wanted so much just to like connect and help help people um so there was that and I think with the Pisces moon for me as a kid I was extremely shy like very painfully shy. But there was this other side of me, which is the Gemini thing. Like there's these two distinct parts because yeah. there was another side that would 
feel so shy, but then I felt really comfortable standing up in front of the school and doing public speaking. Like I loved it. And I was always like doing that or I would love to do like drama and be in like, do like the plays and stuff. And I would like to organize them. And like, I'd like to be in charge of all of them. So I'm like this very like take charge type of personality, but at the same time, extremely emotionally shy. So I always felt a bit like a bit of both. Um, so, and that, that remains to be the same today. I love doing big group demonstrations for lots of people. I do have a Leo North note. Mm. So I do think part of it's supposed to be, you know, doing that stuff. Um, but like sometimes like if it's like something of like a one-on-one where it's more social or more like, it's not about work. I'm extremely shy and extremely quiet. And I feel like a very awkward person, but then yet in front of people and working with spirit and it's so different for me. So there's, there's those two sides for sure. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad that you kind of explain that a little bit more because I feel as if so many people, even if their astrology is not the same, but that they resonate mm-hmm. with that and that it sounds like as you've moved into your adulthood and now you've you know really matured in how you work and who you're serving, that you're embracing all those sides of yourself and utilizing them where the strengths are, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I do feel like it's it's an interesting thing because sometimes with even like students and stuff, I'll say, oh, yeah, because I'm such a shy person. And they're like, what are you talking about? Yes. Like, they don't believe me. It's like, oh, I really am. Like, I really am. So, yeah, it's and now I feel I'm a little bit kinder to myself. I used to feel like the shyness was such a like bad thing or mm. I almost felt like almost like a bit. I don't know, like it was almost like a deficiency. And now I kind of look at it like it's, it's okay. It's a, it's a part, it's a part of me. Right. So um, that shyness is okay. You know, I, cause I also know that I can, um, I can break free from that when I need to, or when I want to, you know, so it's okay. Yes. Oh, that's lovely. Did that awareness come pretty kind of earlier to you that the shyness you were able to move through and see it as a positive or is it a little bit more recent because I love the way that you explain that it feels very powerful yeah I think it's over the last couple years I just started realizing that like oh I don't have to feel so like bad about that like it's okay it's it's a it's almost like a tender sensitivity and so there's there's beauty in that for sure. Um, and so yeah, I just honor that part of myself now instead of thinking that it's like a, you know, that I need to be extroverted when I'm, I really am both. Yes. Oh, I love that. And that makes sense too. Just speaking to your Pisces moon. I mean, there it is. There's the tenderness and the softness, but the power, the power in it. Beautiful. So when you were playing therapist, which is so awesome. And something that I do hear quite often from many people that do similar things that, um, yeah, the toy was more about our emotions and connecting to other people's emotions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when you were younger, when you were a child, were you aware of your intuition? Did you know that you were able to tap into it or how it spoke to you? Like, did you, yeah, did you have any experience with it in any way that you kind of connect to? 
Right. Well, I did. At the time, though, I really wasn't aware that's what it was. I had no concept or frame of reference for that. Um, But I remember being in school, like this would be like kindergarten. And like I said, shy, but also very, um, almost like a perfectionistic kind of tendency. So I was put a lot of pressure on myself, even like I'm thinking like, oh my God, kindergarten, um, that I had to get it right. Like the answer correctly. If the teacher asked me something, I wanted to make sure that I had it right. And I wanted to plan it ahead. So I was in French immersion. And so we just basically, the teacher would hold up a flashcard of some item, like say like blueberries. And then if she called on you, you had to say what the word was in French. And so I would be really stressed that like she was going to come to me and I wouldn't know. So I remember sitting there and right before she would choose me, which I had no way of knowing it was my turn next. um, I would hear a voice in my head telling me the word in French and I would listen to it and then I would speak it. I would say it and it would be correct. And I feel so much now that that was my guides. Mm-hmm. looking out for me and basically being like it's okay like we'll you know we'll help you um and I didn't know that that wasn't like happening maybe to everyone else like I just didn't it didn't occur to me and right. um, so there was there was that um there was things like I think I had quite a bit of anxiety as a child and I look back and I think it wasn't so much anxiety about anything situational per se it was really about being very aware of spirit being very aware of everyone's energy everyone's feelings empathically Mm -hmm. um but just not understanding the the depth of that right or really the meaning of that so I think um I knew that I was more anxious say than like my friends like as if I compared myself to them um they slept through the night as children I feel like when I was like young I rarely slept through the night and I would wake up and I would have a feel a ton of anxiety but I think it was because um during the day I could keep myself probably like busy enough active enough that I wouldn't be noticing so much but then at nighttime I would wake up and it'd be quiet and it would be dark and there's just a sense that it would just overwhelm overwhelm me mm-hmm. so I do remember that like as something that was happening like as a, a child yeah Wow. And do you remember when you were a child and you did wake up in the middle of the night and it did feel so overwhelming? Was there anything that you naturally did to kind of soothe yourself or that you, looking back, realize, oh, maybe I actually kind of have put that in a practice now? Mm, I think for a long time, it was just like, it was a, it was almost like a panic and then a I would freeze. So I would literally just be like frozen and just like lay in my bed. Um, But you know what I did do? Um, I would always pray. I would just talk to God. And I wasn't born like my family, my mom, my dad, me and my brother, we didn't like go to church or anything like that. But I did go with my grandpa, um, who's now in spirit, he would take me. And I did have a strong connection with God and Jesus, the angels, like all of that was so real to me and so beautiful to me. So I would, I would say like a Hail Mary, I would say the Our Father, like I would, I would just pray. And I think that was the thing that really did, did bring me peace and comfort. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember reading a story when I was probably maybe six or seven years old in um, Reader's Digest. Like that's like such an old, old little, you know. I loved Reader's Digest when I was a kid. I loved it. Right. Yes. Yes. It was so good, right? 
Um, and I used to always love how they had those quizzes where you would like have to um, know the meaning of the different words. I don't know if you did yes. those, but anyways, I loved yes. those. But there was a story about something and it was a very like traumatic story about somebody being in trouble somehow. But they said the Hail Mary and then they were helped. And it was just, it really touched me. It was so beautiful. So I feel like after that, I read that story. I was like, well, if it worked for them, it could work for me. So I would just, that was just sort of like my go-to. But um, yeah, that's, that's how I kind of settled myself. Oh, that's beautiful. And how gorgeous too, that basically from the sounds of it, really received a sign kind of intuitively through the Reader's Digest, because another person may read that and not have that feeling of, oh, that's what I should do. Okay, perfect. Yeah, it kind of just, yeah, it just resonated, you know, um, made sense to me and I felt it. So I just implemented it. And to this day, um, that's that's still part of what I what I do and how I, how I operate. Oh, I love that. So kind of skipping forward a little bit, I know many people probably that are listening, do know you, have heard your podcast, and kind of know a little bit about your journey. But for those that do not, can you speak to kind of the moments, and I'll say moments in plural, the moments that kind of little Melissa, that beautiful intuition that kind of woke up and led you to the amazing work that you're doing in the world today? Sure. Well, I think in some ways it feels so gradual. And then in other ways, it feels like as soon as, as soon as it did come together, all of a sudden it was very abrupt and quick and almost like, like crazy how quickly everything kind of fell into place. Um, But I say gradual because growing up and even into like my adolescence, I had, I had experienced things where I would like, I don't know, I would think of all of a sudden a random person that I knew, not necessarily even a friend, like in high school with, you know, thousands of people walking the halls. I would just think of them or see them in my mind's eye. And literally like 20 seconds later, they would walk around the corner and I'd be face to face with them. So that stuff happened all the time. Deja vu all the time. Um, I realized I could manifest things quite easily as a teenager. Um, So that was kind of, that was kind of, cool like that was kind of an interesting thing I got really into like um visualization because I had I used to do when I was growing up a competitive um baton twirling and so we had one time like a sports psychologist that came to talk to us for like a series of sessions and I was fascinated and at the time I was like qualifying for um, the world championship. So there was like a lot of, there was a lot of pressure and yes. there was a lot of yeah. um, focus on my performance, obviously. So I was really like into like what she was saying and it made perfect sense to me, the things she was trying to teach us. So she introduced me to like oh. mental practice and like mental kind of rehearsal. And I started experimenting with it and I had so much success with it. I noticed major, major improvements in some of the things that I had been practicing for a long time physically and wasn't getting it. And then all of a sudden with this mental practice, I was starting to get like more success with what I was doing. I was like, it it completely shifted and changed my physical performance. So that really impacted me. And I realized that like, oh, I was onto something. Like there was something about that, that I really connected with um, the energy of that and using 
um, the mind, you know, and you in in that way. So there was that. And then when I had my son, I had um, him when I was 23. And then right like about a week after he was born, I started having major, major excruciating pain, um, abdominal pain. And so I kept going to the doctor, going to the ER. I was given like morphine and sent home, like just time after time going and asking for help and being pretty much like ignored like nobody was really taking it seriously mm-hmm. um and it turned out I I did say at one point to one of the doctors like I do feel like I'm dying like I really I'm really worried and they basically had all kinds of you know things that they thought it was and um ended up going into emergency surgery and they found that my appendix had ruptured <sighs> and so they almost had to take out part of my bowel. Um, it was it was just everywhere poison, Ugh. and so that I think that experience was the a big catalyst because prior to going into this emergency surgery, I didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to my son. It was like it happened so fast, so quickly, right. and he was literally like I think ten days old at the time. So my heart was just like. I was just feeling so helpless and broken and like, I need to, I need to be here. I need to raise him. Like, am I going to be okay? And I really didn't know. I really felt like I was like close to dying. So, um, I was laying in the hospital bed. I was praying and I had my dad's parents, my grandparents on my dad's side, um, basically come They're in, they're in spirit. And reassure me and tell me that like you you have to get the surgery so you have to just calm down like you'll be okay you will get to raise your son um but you have to have this surgery and and so that really changed how I felt I did feel instantly pretty calm um and I got the surgery and then when I woke up the surgeon said like you wouldn't have had 24 more hours like this was so dire Um, and so that showed me that that younger version of myself that knew things and I would, I would say things, I would tell people, but I, I did feel that I wasn't always taken seriously or I wasn't always listened to, you know, I wasn't really always heard. Yeah. Especially when it came to my own feelings, my own pain, my own experiences, I felt very much like I was someone who could pretty much like get through anything. So even if I was struggling or in a lot of pain to the outside world, people might have thought I was totally fine. Meanwhile, inside, like literally dying. Um, so I that taught me to trust myself, but it also taught me how to advocate for myself. And then it also showed me that spirit was working with me, even though I didn't think to myself, oh, I'm going to be a medium. Like I, that wasn't my intention or that wasn't even a thought. I just realized, oh, this connection that I feel is real. Um, and it, that was extremely comforting. And I think spirit really assisted me in that healing and then also opened the door to sort of like opening my eyes also to what was around me and how I wanted to live my life. It was just a different, whole different ballgame. I, I count it as a near-death experience because I feel super changed by that, that experience. Yeah. And 24 hours sounds pretty near. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Cause I know, like, I know I didn't, some people have experiences where they go to the light and they see all this stuff. I didn't have any of that, but it certainly was very tangible and real with the connection with my grandparents. Um, and then this feeling that when I woke up that like everything was different. And so I really think that was one of the biggest catalysts for change. Wow. Yes. Thank you for sharing that with us. The journey, I I have heard it before because I love your podcast and I love (laughs) hearing about it, but even hearing it again in the way that you speak, it is so powerful in that you had to advocate for yourself as a new mom to a 10-day-old baby, and then your body went through something that you were not expecting, that nobody thought was going to happen. And then you also had this beautiful miracle of being able to connect to your family, but Mm -hmm. who are not here in the physical world anymore. So Mm -hmm. afterwards, what led you to continue connecting? Was there kind of another pivotal point that, or were guided by your intuition before it kind of made sense? Because hearing you speak, I I am always inspired by the way you speak about your intuition and your connection, because the trust is there. Even when I said it makes sense, it feels like, oh, but that's not really something that matters to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I feel like, yeah, so there was that. And then the next thing, um, my great aunt, who I was really close to, she passed a few years, not even like about maybe 18 months after that. And um, her passing really affected me. And there was a sense that also at the time I was going through personally, just some major struggles in um, the marriage that I was in. Mm -hmm. And so her energy and her love and her support from spirit, literally, I feel gave me the strength to do what I needed to do, like for my own well-being, my own mental health um, and for like me and my son, you know, like really like just that it felt like that really came from her because I was at a point where I was completely emotionally, physically exhausted, drained. Um, I didn't know I was very almost like anxious, but depressed at the same time, like just very, very feeling very lost. Mm -hmm. And her, her support that I feel like empowered me. And I was able to almost um, get the solutions that I needed or kind of like think about things in a slightly different way. Um, she, she basically would be, I could feel her with me when I would be alone and say, I'd be like upset crying or something and just feeling really helpless. I could feel her presence. And it wasn't so much that she was like speaking to me. It wasn't like a audible thing outside of myself. It was very much that, you know, internal hearing her voice or just feeling clairsentiently just feeling her energy um but that's what really gave me the courage to kind of to do what I needed to do in that situation so that was really powerful mm-hmm. and then years later when my daughter was born um a little bit like about a month after she was born my husband at the time got into a major car accident and um, was basically not able to work for years. So he was, he went from being like, 
you know, strong and young and like the provider to like not being able to do any of that stuff. And we didn't know like if it was going to get better. We didn't know anything. It was just a really uncertain time. Wow. So that, that was another, like all of my sort of big um, catalysts and these epiphanies have really been preceded by a lot of challenge, you know, a lot of um, trauma, mm. um, which I think is, you know, fairly, fairly normal for um, lots of people, you know, trauma can be grief can be another one that opens us up. But um, yeah, it was really stressful. But that really led me to seek meditation or some kind of tool to bring some peace and calm in my life. Yes. And because I was seeking that I ended up in a psychic development circle, um, which I wasn't really prepared for. I, I really just thought I was going to a meditation night and I just thought I would check it out. Uh, and it was intense, but um, it was beautiful. And that really was when things started to make sense to me because I would then just try these exercises, just like I was there. So I thought, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And then I felt so connected and it brought me so much healing and so much joy that I just kept going, not for the purpose that I was thinking, oh, I'm gaining all these skills. Like yeah. I'm developing my skills. I just went for my own interest, my own healing. Um, and it was just something that I felt really, really like pulled to do. Even if I was tired or sick or I didn't really feel like it, I literally felt compelled to go and be and sit with spirit be in that energy and that was that was when it really everything started to make sense to me as far as oh like why I had been feeling certain things experiencing certain things and yeah that's how it kind of unfolded oh wow yes thank you for explaining that because the pivotal part that I kind of see is very beautiful because it's simple, but not the easiest thing to do is that after so much challenge and trials in your life, you finally looked for something to support you and the inside mm -hmm. of where you were feeling that anxiety and that depression, that mix of unease and uncertainty kind of manifesting in your body. You all you had to do, all you had to do in quotation marks, because it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> and all you had to do was become still. Yeah. And be yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the real beauty there is that I didn't know where it was going to lead. I didn't even have any clue or any idea or any um, objective, really, except to go and spend that time. and. I think part of me, like, I think part of the reason it unfolded so beautifully was because for whatever reason, I think it's because I did feel so supported by spirit. I just knew that it would, it would be okay. And not only okay, but it, I knew it would be, it was leading to something really, really special. So I just trusted and just went with it and allowed myself to experience it. Yes. And that really makes me think of the power of intention. And it mm -hmm. sounds like you had no expectation. There was no outside agenda of why and sh you should be doing and what it's supposed to look like and what, how fast and how quick and how good and all of those outside things. But the intention, it sounds like, was just to be able to be in your body <laughs> and move through the world in a way that 
you were actually able to support yourself so that you could support the other people in your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. It was the one thing. Oh, I, I always say it's the one thing, but actually it was that. And then I did um, start seeing a counselor at the same, around the same time. Mm. So it was kind of, it was kind of perfect because I was really supporting the spiritual side of myself. And then also I had this very grounded kind of support that um, was there for me too, you know? So it was, it was a big change from doing absolutely nothing to support myself to then carving out the time, making it work, making it happen financially. Cause you know, at the time that was really uncertain. Um, But it was a priority because I think I realized, you know, I got to the point where I really recognized I wasn't going to be able to control the outcome of everything like I always had tried to do or always wanted to do. And so I recognized, okay, I cannot control the outcome of a lot of what was happening, but I could, you know, control how I was going to approach it and how I was going to live my life anyway, like despite, uh, you know, all of the unknowns and all of the stuff that was really hard then. Yes. Oh, and as you said that, I could really see the story you told of five-year-old Melissa wanting to do everything so perfectly before the teacher asked, but then you were shown from your support that all you have to do is trust that it will come. Mm-hmm. Like you will get the answer mm-hmm. as long as you're listening. Right. And I see that in you right now. Right. And that was from a when you were five, yeah. which is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I feel, um, sometimes what I see is that people really have a lot of demands that they have on spirit, like, uh, mediumistically, sometimes people get really hardcore into their mediumship and then they get real focused on what they want from spirit, like this type of information. And they want this. And if they don't get a name, then that's it. Then they're not doing mediumship anymore. You know, there's like all of this, you know, that happens sometimes. And I always come back to this place of how much reverence and respect and love and how much I cherish spirit because literally it's beautiful that I work with them and, and bring through spirit for people. That's amazing. But the other amazing part is that they literally were there for me when I did not know what I was going to do. And I didn't know, like, I didn't know if I was going to be okay. You know, they really were supporting me and I just feel like I'll always be very grateful and thankful for that um because they pretty much saved me you know I was I was not in a good I was not in a good place so they really they've been like best friends you could really ask for so inspiring and yeah it just sounds very life-giving incredibly fulfilling yeah it's emotional to to think about it and to talk about it because um I do think about how many times there are people who are really suffering and do feel very alone and that they might not know that they have that support or they might not know that they've got like legions of angels that are like rooting for them. And part of me just feels like that's more so what I just wish that I could let everybody know is that even if you're not a quote unquote spiritual person, like even if you don't see yourself that way, you you're still spirit living in a a physical body and you're always connected. So you've always, no matter who you are, what you've done, where you've come from, like 
you have that love and support. Mm -hmm. And the way that spirit sees us, the way that our angels see us, like it's unconditional love. And I think lots of people in this life aren't, they might not have that. They might not ever have experienced that in this life. Um, But it is always there for them in this other way, you know? So I think just reminding people that that does exist um, and that if you're not seeing it in your physical world and your physical life, it, it does exist from spirit. Yes. Oh, beautiful words to say completely. And I know it's resonating with so many people that are listening. And so when you were going to your meditation classes, turning out to be intuitive psychic development, how far after that did you feel really called to start serving other people with your gifts in a full-time capacity? Because it is not a kind of traditional path. Let me kind of ask what that next step was. Like, where? how did you get there? Yeah. So that was, I would say about 10 months or maybe a year of going religiously, right? So every week going to class, doing the exercises, and then I would go home and I was pretty diligent about giving myself time most days um, to to work on either, whether it's uh, meditation or just connecting with spirit, sitting with spirit. It was a focus, you know, and I, I felt really inspired to do that. And then I, at that point, after about, I guess it was about a year, um, there was just naturally people from class that had asked if I would read for someone in their life because we'd do an exercise in class and it would go really well. And they'd be like, Oh, like maybe you can read for, you know, my sister. Um, Mm -hmm. so I would say, yes, I would do it. And then my hairstylist, her part, um, her coworker, um, asked because she was really interested. And so I did a reading for her. And to this day, I'll always remember. And now that, that, person that I did that reading for she's now my hairstylist um now um oh, wow. all these years later yeah, <laughs> Amazing. it was really cool but um it was so powerful she was very open um and there was just I just will not forget the feeling of that reading. And then I think she told a lot of people I mean because it was literally like within a few weeks maybe three weeks to a month and I basically had booked enough people that it was like a full-time schedule like a full-time And so that then just wasn't really a choice that I made. It was literally just like, oh, well, people were asking and I was just, it felt right. And I was like, okay. And so I did it. I I would take those appointments. And then of course it just kept going. And then after a few months of that, somebody said, oh, would you do like a group reading? And I said, sure. Even though like never done that before, no idea what I I had no idea if it was going to work, how it would go. Um, But I just sort of knew that spirit would show me, spirit would guide me. So I went and showed up and did it and went with it. Um, And then the groups, I think really, once those started taking off, which was pretty quickly, that expanded as well, because then it was like, I was reaching more people and then more people would, you know, book more groups. And it just became like a, a big part of what I was doing. So that was fairly quick. Like, and I always hesitate to talk about how quickly that happens sometimes to students, because I don't want any of them to think that that's supposed to be, or that's how it should be. Or if their, their process for that is longer, I don't want them to think that it's 
any there's anything wrong with that. I think there's there's reasons why, you know, and I when I look back, I think yes, it was the right timing because I was able to support our family all of a sudden. Right. You know, with something that was so meaningful to me. So you can't think of a better scenario than that, right? Like so that was they saved like they saved our butts like big time with that. And then also I think with me, it had been there the whole time, but I was not in because it had so many like traumatic things. And there was just the the life was so chaotic up until that point that I don't think I could have been really ready before then to take on, you know, what I was about to embark upon. So there's no it's not because it happened more quickly that it's like better or if it takes longer, it's better. I, I think it's each person is just very individual and unique. But with my switch from like, oh, from just doing this as something healing for myself to doing it for other people. It did feel like a deep knowing that this is it. This is mm-hmm. this is the thing that gives I feel alive like when I do that. I feel most alive when I'm like talking to dead people. You know, like that's sort of like the the feeling. Um and so it felt it just felt so bright. And then after about a year working professionally and doing trial by error and just like trying to figure everything out myself, I did then find a mentor and I did work with a mentor for years and um, also started teaching just because there was just a natural inclination that if I've, you know, if I've experienced all these things, I was reading for clients who were very intuitive and who were in the same place that I felt I was like just a year before. So I was like, okay, I can help with this now because I, I know I've done this. Um, and so then that became a big, a big part of it too. So I, I haven't looked back. That is so, I will say amazing because every aspect that you detailed, the main link is, okay, well, you know, I just trusted it. Okay. I just trusted it. It just happened. Just went with it. Just trusted it. And that sounds like the lesson, the real big lesson. <laughs> I know it is, but I almost feel bad because lots of times like students will ask me and I know they're wanting a procedure yeah. or a step-by-step guide to something, or they want me to tell them like, this is what you should do. And I kind of feel bad saying most of the time, a lot of it has to do with just that, literally just trusting and then talking to spirit about it. Like instead of, I can offer them and I do offer them techniques and things that we try. And of course, there's there's all of those things, like technical things. But at the end of the day, what I think works the best and when we have the most sort of progress is when we don't try to control any of that and we just are really working in partnership with spirit. And so I want them to befriend spirit. I want them to bring spirit like into their lives, into their day-to-day lives and experience spirit that way. And then recognize that when you do that and then you go to connect mediumistically for someone else, the trust is already established. You've already built a strong foundation. So you're not going to be so like um, anxious or um, worried or afraid or like in your head when you're making this connection for someone else, because you already know that like 
these are your friends. There's a deep bond of love. Like they're not going to let you down. Yes. Oh, beautiful advice. Definitely. And it really sounds like too, even though the trust advice maybe sounds a little bit vague and not what your students want to hear, but really the way that you speak about your journey, it's in hindsight. So as long as they and everyone continues to trust where they're feeling led, regardless of what kind of work or calling they're going towards, as long as they keep going, they'll be able to look back and tell that story and it will all make sense. 100%. Like I, I, yeah, so I'm always like super aware that I'll say, I know this might not be the answer you want right now, but I'm just telling you, if you can see the little breadcrumbs and sometimes they're little and subtle and sometimes they're huge like a whole loaf of bread but like lots of times it's just little subtle things but if you can see it recognize it and actually I think do something with it because lots of times we get information we get guidance we get inspiration and then we sit on it we don't make any changes we don't take action on it uh we criticize it and think it's not good enough we want something else or some other clear a clear answer that's how we think it should be um but if you do receive it and integrate it into your life and do take action you'll keep you'll keep seeing more and more you'll keep on that path of just being guided as you go so it's sort of like meeting we have to do our part. We have to meet the universe halfway. We can't just want to expect to have all the answers given to us. And then that's it. We have to like listen and then also act on it. Yes. And kind of a way that we're constantly reminded about our free will yeah. and that we are the vehicle. Mm-hmm. We are what will be able to create the action of what we are desiring and dreaming of and wanting to do. Yeah. But the thing that probably none of us want to hear is it's up to us. Like we have to do it. (laughs) And you have to, you have to be brave. And I think that part of like, sometimes I think students are like, oh, it looks so easy or whatever. No, there's times when I felt very terrified. There's times I feel like I'm going to like throw up before I have to do something like do, do a group or do do a reading for someone. Like there's been those moments where I felt like this is terrifying. Why would I, why would I ever subject myself to this? Like a normal person would not do this. And yet the thing that makes us not normal in that sense um, is the thing that makes it possible, you know? So you have to be willing to take a risk. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to like trust that even if you, even if it doesn't go as planned, or even if it doesn't go the way that you'd like it to go, that you'll be okay. You can withstand that. Um, so there's a lot that I think that goes unnoticed. But like when someone watches somebody work, they might think, oh yeah, it's just they open their mouth and just talk. Like that would be amazing to get paid to just you know do something that comes so naturally. They don't recognize how much blood, sweat, tears, energy, effort, training, uh, life experience that goes into that self-development. Yeah, mediumship development particularly, I feel is an amazing kind of recovery tool for perfectionists because it'll never be perfect. It doesn't exist in, well, it doesn't exist in life anyway, but it certainly does not exist in mediumship. Um, So you get over that real, you know, you do get over that. And then you also 
are guided to look within. It's it's just as healing on a soul level for the person as it is for anyone else that they are working with because you're kind of forced to not lie to yourself about anything anymore because you've become so aware. And then you also get have to get over yourself. You have to be able to stand or sit in front of someone that you don't know and start speaking and tell them things that there's no way that you could possibly know from your human mind. Um, and that is something that isn't really for the faint of heart. I think it, it does take a real, a, a person who's been dedicated to their own sort of um, development just as like a person, you know, that's, that's necessary. I Definitely. Think. Oh yeah, for sure. So much wisdom, so much wisdom, Melissa. And <laughs> Okay. So I am very curious and I feel like I really feel like the listeners are curious about this too, because I appreciate your view and your heart and your mind on all of these spiritual ideas. What do you think, if there is one, what is the difference between God in your experience, spirit and angels? Mm. Well, I would say, so from my point of view, God is called by many different names by different people but at the end of the day it's sort of that loving force you know that that exists within all of us um but also that kind of is the i guess the creator you know like that's that's how i feel um with spirit we can talk about spirit in a few different ways so when i say spirit in general i'm including like our loved ones in spirit our ancestors our pets that we've had, um, our spirit guides, um, all, all of that, um, as sort of like a combined sort of, um, group. Um, but also the difference being with the spirit guides, um, there's all, there's all kinds of debates around this. If technically a spirit guide is a guide that is not necessarily your grandmother or somebody that you've known in life. You know, technically they're meant to be spirits that maybe you've known in previous lifetimes. Lots of times I think that's the case. Um, but that there's been an agreement that they're going to be in spirit and you're going to be in the, the physical world in this lifetime and they're going to guide you and help you. Having said that, I do think sometimes some of our ancestors and some of our grandparents, they do take on that role. You know, they just they just do. Um, but with the angels, they're kind of like a faster, higher vibration than spirit. So it's almost like, even though I don't see it as levels like a linear thing, I see it more that the spirit world is kind of like around us and interacting with our world. So I see the spirit world as like a little bit finer, a little bit higher energy, higher vibration than the physical density of, of earth. Um, but they are really around us, not like they're up here and we're here. Um, but with the angels, it's even higher, faster vibration, and they're super connected to God. So there's a sense that they are like the messengers of God. And so we can have guardian angels that are personally working with us. They're assigned to us and we, we have connection with them, but also the archangels who are available to all of humanity. Um, and most people know about like Archangel Michael and Raphael, all those, those ones. Um, and their purpose is different because for most, for the most part, they haven't lived a human lifetime. Most of the angels have not. Um, I think there's a few exceptions, but for the most part, they haven't. So they've existed in 
this other, you know, the angelic realm. And so they can be their pure love, pure light. They see us with like unconditional love. But do they understand completely what we experience as humans? Probably not, not in the same way as our spirit guides who have walked the earth, lived human lifetimes. Um, So they're sort of day-to-day. I feel like day-to-day our spirit guides get it. Like they understand that being human can be extremely difficult and painful. I think the angels know that, but they don't have the same experience with it. Mm -hmm. So for them, a lot of the time I feel like with the angelic realm, it's to do with um, healing. Um, it's emotional healing, physical healing, um, helping us to trust, helping us to believe in ourselves. They want us to love ourselves so much. And I feel they're just pure love. So they all kind of exist in, um, like all together and they work with us all together all the time, whether we are aware of it or not, they're still working with us. Oh, what a lovely explanation. I really appreciate that because yes, just as you said, oh, some people think this way, but I was really interested in your specific philosophy because I feel that that is the most natural way to view it, the way you described it, that it is kind of a constellation of everyone around us in different aspects and that we are part of it. Like we're not separate. Yeah. Totally. That's the, I think that's the hugest piece, like that they're a part of us and we're a part of them. And there isn't a separation like we've been maybe sometimes led to believe or that we've learned even in, you know, different religious beliefs that there's like, you know, us and then them. Um, And so it's, it's an interactive kind of um, experience, even though sometimes people here in the physical world aren't aware of that interaction. It's still happening. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's quite beautiful. And I think the God thing, I always feel um, it's an interesting thing to talk about because I'll notice myself like in a retreat I did years ago, I was talking about connection to God and something like this. And one of the guests that had joined the, the retreat was really offended, like really offended that I was talking about God. And I said to her, oh, I just want you to know that like, that's, that is my belief, my terminology, but you could, you can not have that belief. That's totally fine too. Um, Or you might believe that this is source or it's the creator, or it's like, there's many different ways that we can talk uh, like higher power or whatever. You can call it what you want, but I always sort of thought from that point, oh, I almost stop myself sometimes when I when I am saying it because I never want anyone to feel like it has, like I'm expecting that that's their belief. Um, but I do think it's important to talk about because to me that is my truth and that is my experience. So I, I always am just careful. If I talk about God, I'll always say, but you can say this or this or this or this. I'll always say that just because I'm so aware that people have been through sometimes trauma when it comes to religion and, and you know so I I do I am careful to mention it's not like a, I don't believe in a religious God <laughs> but um in a loving a loving God yes thank you for explaining that and I really understand the trepidation so thank you for answering it and it's never to like um discount someone's religious belief because I 100% like support and really encourage people to like have have their own beliefs for sure but just from my point of view i find that like god is a feeling 
And it's something also that we can't necessarily, I don't think we can fully understand or comprehend, um, but you see evidence of it daily in nature, in miracles, in the love that we feel and the love that we give. Um, so it's, it's, always, it's always there. So I, I just think that, yeah, it's one of those things. It's a personal, like a personal relationship with God. Yes, thank you. And that is why I really wanted to ask, because, of course, if people don't resonate and it is not part of their experience, perfect. But for the ones that it is, and they're kind of wrestling with, oh, well, what what is it then? Why, why do I feel this way, but I'm also pulled this way? It can all be part of you. It doesn't have to be separate. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, it's, and that's, that's a beautiful thing when you realize that freedom. Yes, the freedom. Completely. Mm. Oh, Melissa, I have so many questions for you. Wow. I could really talk to you all day. I don't know. (laughs) That that does sound kind of like a beautiful way to end it, though, is speaking to it in your spiritual philosophy. I really appreciate. And I know that many people appreciate Mm -hmm. it, too. So Mm -hmm. thank you for kind of going outside a little bit because you did have that experience. Yeah, I love that. Um, And I really, I really honor you for asking that question, because that's something that's really important to me. Um, And it's a good reminder to actually speak about it, and not to keep it. So maybe as private as I do, I I feel like I do talk about it, but maybe there's maybe there's space for more of that. And I think um, there will be people that will listen and think, oh yeah, you can, you can have that sort of different or unique relationship. So thank you for asking the question. Oh, thank you. And uh, yes, there are so many beautiful ways to work with Melissa. Please, if you want to kind of speak to the programs you're running or how people can get in touch with you, I'll put it all in the show notes, but maybe just a few things and I'll put the rest of them. So you don't have to itemize them all here, but yeah. So um, I do have uh, lots of opportunities for mentorship, um, mediumship specifically. And then I also run intuitive development circles, which we cover mediumship and spirit communication, but also psychic development and um, divination and soul um, development and spiritual development. So there's there's those different options. Um, and those are on lots of them are ongoing. And then I got um, one on one mentorship as well that's available to people too. Lovely. And yeah, very in, easy to get in touch with Melissa, Melissa White Medium on Instagram. And I will put all of those links in the show notes. So just go to the show notes from where you're listening to this and click away. Very easy to get in touch with her. But wow. We covered a lot today. There's so much more I want to ask, but I will respect your time. And just thank you so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom and your heart and your spirit with the listeners of Intuitive Seek. We're just very honored to have you today. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me and for this beautiful conversation, the connection and just for your absolutely beautiful energy. I really, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Melissa. All right. Well, have a lovely rest of your day. You too. Bye. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Intuitive Seek. I would love to hear if you resonated with the energy I'm feeling and moving through for January. 
And if you have any thoughts or questions, please don't hesitate to send me a message. You can do it through my website at Treenlight or through my Instagram at Treenlight, T-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T. But all the links that you need are always in the show notes. So just scroll down from there you where you press play for the episode. And if you're curious about working with me for the new year, I always offer a free clarity session to chat about your needs and see how I can support you and if we would be a good fit. It's easy to book your free clarity session through my website, and I'll leave all those links, like I said, in the show notes. Hugely appreciate if you subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And if you feel called to give some support, then please share this episode with a friend or leave a review. Thank you again so much. Be kind to yourself and I will talk to you soon. to say something very, very meaningful.